Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current Saltwater Fishing Podcast. My name is Captain Ozzy with Marker 23 Guide Service, and today I had the opportunity to sit down with Captain Dustin Daly of Delmar Charters. Dustin and I talk about boat racing, DOUSA, and the variety of North Carolina's fishery. I appreciate you guys listening, and I hope you enjoy. I've teamed up with Florida Fishing Products to outfit my guide service with their spinning reels, braided line, and fluorocarbon leader, and I'm looking forward to giving you some real-world feedback on their gear. I've been enjoying their Osprey CE for all my light tackle, redfish, and speckled trout, and Resolute for my beefier setups for Big Reds, Cobia, Tarpon, and Jacks. I'm looking forward to helping further their mission to equip anglers to fish better, which couldn't align closer with our values here at Eastern Current. Be sure to check out their website, floridafishingproducts.com, or ask about them at your local tackle shop. Temple Fork Outfitters is the rod of choice for all of us here at Eastern Current. Whether we're fly fishing for shallow water redfish, sight casting to cobia from a tower, or dropping live pinfish to grouper in 100 feet of water, they have the rod for the job. Their customer service is unmatched by any rod company out there, and their rods can take the beating of everyday guide use without any issues. My favorite rod for redfish and speckled trout is their 7-foot medium-light tactical inshore spin rod. Be sure to check out their website, tforods.com. If I'm fishing a jig, you can bet it's going to be an iStrike Texas Eye. Dave and Ralph at iStrike have built the most versatile and durable lineup of jigs in the saltwater industry. Whether you need a finesse presentation on spooky wintertime redfish, or you need to hop a big swim bait on deep water structure for cobia and bull redfish, iStrike has the jig for you. Be sure to check out their website and use code EC10 for up to 40% off all iStrike products and 10% off all Z-Man products. The code can only be used at iStrikeFishing.com, and you can find the code and the link to their website in the podcast show notes. There is no stealthier platform to fish the shallow water flats, creeks, and marshes than a pedal drive kayak. The P127 from Bonafide is my choice when I want to get out on a solo trip and access the areas that I can't get to on a flat skiff or a bay boat. It happens far too often in a boat where I have redfish and plenty of water in the back of a creek or bay, but there's a sandbar or series of sandbars between me and the fish and I just can't quite make it to casting distance. But with a kayak, I can drag across the sandbar right to them. Be sure to check out the full lineup of Bonafide kayaks on the website or at Hook, Line, and Paddle here in Wilmington. I will have a link to the Bonafide website in the show notes as well. Well, Captain Dustin, I appreciate you coming out to the Marker 23 headquarters, a.k.a. the garage. <laughs> yes, sir. A freshly clean garage, might I add. Indeed. Um, and then, we, of course, we don't do video anymore, but I wish I wish we did today. <laughs> I mean, it's not great. It's a polished turd, but. Hey, she'll get the job done. <laughs> yeah, man. But, uh, man, thanks for coming out. Thanks for being on the show. I'm excited about this one. We I feel like we've talked about it quite a bit. Um, if I hadn't said it out loud, at least I've been thinking about it for quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but sitting here with Captain Dustin Daly with Delmar Charters, and uh, pretty stoked about it. Before we jump into everything, because we got, we got a laundry list of stuff to cover, uh, tell me how you got into fishing day one. Oh, man, day one. Uh, probably going way back. Say uh, fishing with grandpa, actually. Crappie fishing down in Florida, uh, Lake Okeechobee, uh, and some other waterways up there. But, you know, pontoon boat, six, seven years old. Got about, awesome. about 30 poles out of the back with mud minnows. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just catching crappie all day long and do that in the wintertime probably two or three times a year. And after that, kind of took a hiatus for a couple of years. And, um, you know, a couple friends – uh, local boys from Stewart that uh, would take me fishing every now and again, but never really didn't have a family that fished. Mm-hmm. Um, besides my grandparents, that was about it. Um, always grew up on the water, but never never really did any fishing. Mm-hmm. Your dad didn't fish? Nope, nope. So he uh, boat racing. That was our that was our family thing growing up. So always on the water, but always uh, going fast. Never yeah. uh, never slowing down. Yeah. 
Tell me about that a little bit. Tell me about your intro to to boat racing and oh man, so, I guess your boat racing career, you might say. Yep. So my grandparents started doing it in the probably mid forties, um, and then uh, my dad was born in the fifties, and I think sixty five was his first race. Well, technically, and he actually talked about this on a podcast uh, a couple months ago. His first race was when my grandma was pregnant with him, uh, they ran a race from Miami to Palm beach and back, uh, in the intercoastal waterway. And that was technically his first race, that uh, early, early or no, mid fifties. Mm-hmm. And then, um, his first race was 16 and doing the same thing, um, racing from Miami up to Palm beach and back. And then, yeah, been, been racing ever since. Um, still doing it to this day, just turned 70, uh, this year and he's still, still racing. Um, I got started probably about six years ago, uh, in a small boat only does about 85 miles an hour, uh, circle boats. But, um, yeah, as a little kid, you know, he'd sit on his lap when we'd go testing and and steer the boat, but never really got into the the physics of it. And then, uh, finally got the chance to race my own in Florida, uh, about six years ago now, and then just took off from there. So I actually just got back from a race uh, today. How'd it go? And, uh. It's, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we lost the motor in the first heat, uh, valve train came apart, oh. but, um, yeah, it was, it was quite the weekend, but we've got it dialed in. We just gotta, gotta work on a couple of things, but yeah. You enjoy racing though. That's oh, yeah. still a big it's, part of what you're yeah, doing. It's, today. Um, yeah. It's a, a family sport, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, the third generation of doing it and, um, to made it, to make it and be as successful as I am now is definitely, uh, due to my parents, but, yep. um, you know, one national title already. And then we won a, uh, endurance race last year, a four hour endurance race out in Arizona. Um, so that was a, that was a big victory and I got to race it with my dad we got to, um, you know, he'd run a, a leg of it, refuel. I'd run the, uh, run a leg and just keep on repeating for four hours until we were done. Yeah. So, yeah. Man. What's Good that, times. what's <laughs> that like? I mean, uh, describe the race day and what, what you go through. So, I mean, race day is pretty, pretty simple. Uh, everything's, you know, kind of worked up, kind of like how you would uh, setting up for a day of fishing. You know, all the, all the work is done weeks prior between testing and tuning and uh, nut and bolt and everything, making sure the boat's not going to come apart on you. Because um, uh, after, you know, those many heats going that fast, things tend, tend to come apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, really just show up and, you know, get on the water, go fast and turn left. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my boat's a little simpler. Um, you know, I run a, a small block Dodge motor, so it's it's pretty uh, set and forget. But the big blown alcohol boats, those take a little more time and turning wrenches and setting mm-hmm. up. But yeah, and and what what speeds are you turning? Um, so my class, we're actually capped at 105. Um, if you go 106, you're technically disqualified. It's a GPS um, tracked class, and then. Uh, the other class we run is unlimited, so that boat runs about 150, 160 in a straightaway. That's so it's, crazy. it's moving. Water yeah. water comes at you real fast at those speeds. I would imagine. Um, I've often said, man, if I could go 60, 70, 80, as, just as a charter captain, I would. Yep. I mean, yep, it, going, uh, something about going fast is cool. Yep. It, it humbles you. It yeah. humbles you real fast at I those speeds. Um, I've been fortunate enough to only have one accident at about 100. Uh, it turned out just fine, but... Yeah, definitely fishing has taught me, or, you know, when I go into the fishing side of it, definitely slowing down, I have no no desire to go fast, um, you know, without the right things around me. Yeah, I bet. And then, so you started out ca- catching crappie. Yep. Um, and then what did that progression look like? So, uh, like I said, it kind of took a hiatus for a while. Um, you know, stopped the crappie fishing and born and raised in Stewart, so... Um, you know, grew up in the fisherman's paradise, but really didn't do much until high school. I had a couple of friends that dove and, you know, everyone fished. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I actually got invited to a sandbar one day from a friend of mine. And it turned out that going to the sandbar was on a 42 foot ocean yacht uh, on a sport fish and, um, ended up, you know, helping the captain out that day, you know, clean the boat for him. Just, you know, did like any good guest would and, you know, clean the boat, help just help do everything that I could, um, yeah. you know, to say thank you for taking me. And uh, he offered me a job on the spot and uh, started mating for him. And, um, yeah, it just kind of took off from there. 
um, you know, running trips to the Bahamas, running offshore trips in Stewart, uh, you know, billfish, mahi, you know, pretty much whatever bit that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, after that, just kind of took off and never stopped. Yeah. And how long did you mate for? Uh, only a couple years. Um, I actually, actually fought seasickness pretty hard, which was kind of weird. Um, I went through this phase for a couple years where, um, I don't know if it was the diesel fumes or whatever that would get me, but I'd end up getting sick and I could fight through it, but it, um, kind of turned me off of fishing for a while. And then, uh, once I got on the big, big gray boats, um, (laughs) going across the Atlantic, that kind of cured my seasickness. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, yeah. 20 foot seas will do that. And then, um. Yeah, after that, just kind of stopped and haven't got six cents. So and it's you're not like, seasick anymore. Nope. Because you spend a lot of your time I outside do. of the inlet now, right? Yep. Yep. Lots of lots of near shore, lots of offshore trips. Uh, mix it up with the inshore stuff, but yeah, yeah. My I mean, my bread and butter, you know, my comfort zone is definitely offshore. Um, mm-hmm. But moving to North Carolina has definitely enlightened me to a diverse fishery up here for yeah. sure, and a comp- and a uh, challenging one. I guess yeah. is the right word for that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been I've heard it said before and it's probably been said on this podcast if I'm not mistaken, but North Carolina inshore anglers are neck and neck with some of the best, best in, the in the country. I mean, it, it's a tough it's a tough fishery. It's yeah. not easy. Um there's some fisheries that go up against it, right? So Tampa. Yep. I believe Tampa anglers. Sp- specifically Tampa fly anglers. That's a tough place to go catch fish. And a redfish is what I'm talking about more so than anything else. But, um, yeah, uh, North Carolina's the same way. Um, it's not the easiest fishery to show up in and be like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, not as a guy, not as a recreational guy. Um, so kudos to anybody that's got it figured out. And then when you figure it out, please let me know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So you go from from mating for – you said how many years? Uh, about two or basically all through high school. I'd work at a restaurant uh, yeah. that was on the water, mm-hmm. and then the, the boat just so happened to be docked there. So it was that's a, convenient, you know, uh, nighttime getting ready, work or mating, and then going to work at the restaurant. Yeah. And just kind of doing that all through high school to make a buck. But and then what landed you in North Carolina? Uh, so I joined the Marine Corps back in 2013, um, and that brought me to Camp Lejeune. And then it was probably good. Uh, probably three or four years here where I didn't have a boat um, and I really didn't fish much. I would go down to the, we'd go to the Keys once a year uh, for lobster and, um, you know, just kind of hit the refresh button, do some, you know, bottom fishing and doing what we could. Um, But yeah, once I got a boat up here um, and started figuring out that this was something, you know, something different, it definitely uh, reignited that fire to get me fishing again. Right. Yeah, and this is a good fishery to do that in. As tough as it, this fishery can be. Oh, yeah. It is a good fishery. Yeah. I Us. believe that North Carolina, from its southern coast to its northern coast, or state line or whatever, um, can can bang with the big dog. Absolutely. I mean, it's a great fishery. Yep. There are some gnarly things that go on. Well, that's, that's what you were saying earlier. I mean, with the... You know, if you put up a Louisiana angler versus a Florida angler versus a Florida Keys angler... Um, you know, to come up here and fish, and it's just—I don't think anything's quite stacks up to the amount of water that we have here. You right. know, down in Florida, you can go get a live well full of pilchards, and you can have a great day. Mm-hmm. If you don't know anything about anything, if you got a live well full of pilchards, you can go put fish in the boat. Right. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some naysayers out there, and there's you know, don't want to take away from any of the captains down south because no. there's definitely some amazing ones. Um, That's right. But yeah, coming up here and then seeing you know from river or river bank to river bank is a couple miles that's that's a new world <laughs> yeah. um you know we we're just up in the noose what uh, about a month ago now mm-hmm. and you know covering 60 miles a day in a river is, that's not something you do in florida yeah um you know where i grew up we had our you know one little uh you know st Lucie inlet and you got the inlet and then the intercoastal waterway there and a couple of spots here and there most of it's dock fishing or you know really offshore is the name of the game down there mm-hmm. um but you you take that and try to apply it up here, and it's just not going to work. No, you know, there's ten Probably times the amount of water. There is, there is, um, and I'm sure some of those principles may translate. But it is a, I mean, fishing a coastal river, coastal river 
is just different. Yep. And we are littered with them. Yep. From the Cape Fear to the Tar, Pamlico, Noose, um, Pungo, you know, we're just li- Roanoke, all yep. of that. I and mean, we're littered with coastal and it's, rivers. And it's all natural. That's a good thing. You yeah. know, Florida, we fight the locks from Lake Okeechobee, uh, mm. the Red Tide and all that kind of stuff. And it's, um, I think... I don't want to say people are the problem down there, but you know right. the, the buildup on the Florida coast. You know, watching it from when I even when I was born to what it is now. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's changed completely. The landscape has completely changed and yeah. it has influenced the fish greatly. Yeah. Um. So I'd say you know they're getting better down there because it's yeah. becoming a tough fishery. Yeah. Um, but yeah, coming up here to having so many natural estuaries and and things where it's such a productive uh, fishery is is amazing. Yeah. It is. It's tough, but it is a great fishery. I mean, North Carolina is unique in the fact that we have 2.6 million acres of estuary and water. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's an insane number. That's a lot. And we don't have a bayou. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not banging with Hopedale and Delacroix and, and, and Homa and all that. Like, where they, they have a bayou. Yep. And for anybody that's not been in the bayou before, it feels like you're in the ocean, but you're <laughs> in the marsh. Like, yep. it's giant. So, for, for what we are, and and and. Our location on the East Coast, we have a lot of a lot of estuary and water. We have our own battles. Florida has their clean yep. water. Um, I think every fishery is fighting um, overfishing, whether it be commercial or Absolutely. recreational, and that's a different podcast for a different day. Yep. <laughs> it can be tough as a guide, or pff, not even as a guide, as an angler. You know, just a, a tournament or recreational or whatever to not be anthropic. You know, not to be like, we just got, we need less people. I don't think less people is the right answer. No, I think yes, pro- proper management and respect for yes. the fishery is the, the name of the game. Agreed. I think that less people would cure some of your problems immediately. Sure. But management is what needs to change. Another thing is we're seeing, and like you said, Florida is getting, is doing a great job on getting on board is, the more people that get fired up about it, the more people are going to be passionate about it. Yep. And inherently, you're going to see people want to protect what they love. Yep. I mean, that's that's the fact of the matter. So, I, I yes, am I tired of spot burning? Yeah, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> am I tired of trying to pull up to a spot? And eh, we got a late start today. We're pulling up to spot number one at eight o'clock, and somebody's there. Sure, like that. That gets old. But it forces you to be a better angler. Absolutely. Yeah. Your your first spot is common knowledge. You probably need to spend more time on the water. Yep. So, or if you don't have three plan A's and yeah. three plan B's and so on and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it makes you be a better angler. But we're in a unique spot. And, they, and I'm just going to go off on a little North Carolina fishery tangent here. We, we I don't feel like where we're at, Sneeze Ferry, and we'll say Sneeze Ferry, Riceville. We don't have a lot of water. There's a waterway. There's a couple bays. Oh, there's a lot of bays. Yeah. I will say there's a lot of bays. But they're small bays. They're three-mile bays. A mile bay. And um, you go north of us, and there's a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot of, of water. water. Core Sound, Noose River, Pamlico, Pungo, Tar, you know, the whole nine yard. That, that's big water. That is truly big water. Moorhead, uh, yeah. Cape Lookout, all that shit. Oh. All that stuff is big. Um, so where we're at, though, it, it's pretty narrow. Yeah. I feel like. And um, we got a lot of traffic here. That's what I was about to say. Topsail has a lot of traffic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From, from Wrightsville to Topsail is a lot of traffic for the little bit of water we have. What I'm getting at, and uh, I'm pretty sure Judd has mentioned this before on this podcast, is we're managed the same, right? So Southport. And all that stuff is managed the same way Wrightsville's managed. Two different fisheries. Wrightsville, Hampstead, pretty similar fishery. And then you get into this North Topsail area. North Topsail fish is different than all of everything else I've mentioned. Then you have New River. New River should be managed and fish is different than everything else. Swansboro, Hubert, White Oak, and Moorhead, you know, up until the core sound, that's a totally different fishery. Yep. Point being, and then I could go up through, I could go from the southern end to the northern end and, and keep doing this, right? Oh, that's different. Oh, that's yeah. different. My point is that what, one cool thing about where we're at is you can launch out of one boat ramp and it's like you got that figured. 
you go 20 minutes down the road yep. and you're in a different fishery. You, they, they may not have a coastal river there. They may have heavy current. Like we're, we're, we have current. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Here in Sneeds Ferry, we have, well, I don't know, two, three foot tides. Yeah. It's Sem- not a Charleston tide. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Semi current. But you go to Hampstead, that, that's, that's a five foot tide. Yep. And that is. Well, I feel is, like every, it's every inlet. As you go north, yes, you know that is that is kind of the marker of like, hey, this is gonna this is about uh-huh. to be a new fishery. That's right, that's exactly right. It it is, man, and, and and we're unique in that. I feel like you can change fisheries so fast here. Um, I mean, you can see it in the current, in the tide, yep. in in the water clarity. Oh yeah, if you go from Wrightsville, I, you know, <laughs> Wrightsville summertime water versus New River water, it's gonna, you know, it's a it's a Bahamas versus the Everglades yeah, type it, change. It is, man, and I've I've had. Uh, this is kind of funny, kind of embarrassing, but like I've had my uh, my turning partner be hitting me up, and he's like, "Look at this fish!" I'm like, "Yeah, it's sick, dude," but it's a release video. Mm. He's like, "See that water? That's not in the river water. That's su- that's southern water." Like he he knew it. <laughs> he's like, "That is uh, new topsail inlet area." I'm like, "I've never thought about it like that, dude. Like that's <laughs> you're right. That yeah. that is uh that is not around here." Yeah. And it was from a guy who who fished around here primarily. You know, so it was like, huh, yeah, he's down south. And that, but that's how distinct it is. You know, that water doesn't look yeah. the same. And Swansboro water is, oh, is totally different, totally different yep. from New River water. So, yeah, we, I would agree with you. Like, I grew up here, but didn't realize what other fisheries were like until my adult life. And I'm like, holy crap, this is, you're not at home no more, Toto. Like, yeah. you ain't in Sneeds Ferry no more, bud. Like, it's just different. Um, that was like my first trip up to the noose with uh, with you guys, you know. Yeah. I was running the, the bay boat and uh, took a left out of the ramp, and they're like, oh, we're going to run across the river. I'm like, oh, okay, no issues. I only yeah. had a quarter tank of fuel, and I'm like, all right. We just kept going. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> I think it was, uh, yeah. it was from like Piney Island area. Over over to the north side, so it was a good like three or four mile run. I'm like, oh my god, this is a river. This yeah. is nuts. <laughs> yeah, you just went bank to bank. Yeah, you're not going up or down. No, nope. nope. it's crazy. Let's let's talk about that for a minute before we get too far. Um, the event that you're talking about. Let us know a little bit about how you got involved with disabled outdoors. Yep. So uh, let's see, this is this was the third year. Um, was it? Yeah, it's the third year. Uh, Disabled Outdoorsman has the uh, bull drum or old drum event. Uh, they bring anglers in from all over the country uh, to put them on a big bull drum that we have up here, uh, up in the Noose River. And um, yeah, I think it was last year I got a call from Captain Hunter Young. And, the man, uh, the myth, the legend. Yeah, the legend. <laughs> um, he gave me a call and said, hey man, um, you know, we're looking for captains and I'd love to have you come out and this is the cause. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, not not a blink and uh i was up there and got to meet the guys and you know did a little pre-fishing with hunter and that was kind of my first exposure to that river um and i was like oh man this is gonna be this could be quite a deal uh mm-hmm. figured out i need to put a full tank in the boat <laughs> and um yeah i went up there and uh, fished it last year and had a had a phenomenal time uh didn't do so well with the bull drum but mm. uh you win some you lose some yep and um yeah i came back for the second year and uh, same thing, you know, it was a tough bite this year, but we definitely, you know, for having an angler that had never fished in saltwater before and put them on, you know, slot reds, doormat flounder and some nice trout. It was, you know, nothing but smiles from those guys. And that's really all it's about, yeah. you know, bull drum or not. It's, yeah. you know, having know somebody some... pulling their first saltwater fish and realize that, that, you know, two, three pound largemouth bass isn't, uh, yeah, that ain't isn't no, all it's cracked up. That be. ain't no bass, Paul. That's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. We there was some bull drum boated. We had a blast. We always have a good time. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a it's a great event. Good thing to be a part of. Um, I've been. I think I, we we started at the same time, didn't we? Yep. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it was last year. That was the first time I met you. Was at the uh, at that event. Uh huh. And I just there was this mysterious Captain Ozzy. I don't know <laughs> about all that. The the myth, the legend. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it's a good time. Yeah, it's a blast, man. And and I uh, mean, we should really make it like a. Uh, well, no, they had a, a videographer there this year. They didn't did. They? Yep. Finally, they had one last year, but yeah, apparently a video didn't get produced out of it. So, uh, some off the air stuff. Some, <laughs> some, some good footage this year, dude. Because the reason I say that though, 
is uh, the reason I would like a videographer like to capture this. Like, oh yeah, it is what three or four days. Three days, yep. And it's well, it's supposed to be three half days because we uh, yeah okay went a little hard <laughs> last year, but uh, we didn't do three, three halves full. this day. No, they I ended mean this up being year <laughs> three full days, three but. full days and four nights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we fish oh, we man. fish hard for the entire time we're yep. there. We end up night fishing. We end up fishing a full day. Um, this was an eventful year for me, at least. Uh, I I, oh, yeah. I ran into some some uh, road bumps, if you will, speed oh. bumps, or whatever <laughs> yeah. you'll call them. Oh man! But it was good. Um, but I wanted to show people like what. I mean, we have this dock, right? And, and right next to that dock is this cabin we we stay in. Yep. For three days, um, a handful of captains who who are now really tight. Yeah, I, think. I, don't, I don't think any of us, I mean, a handful of us had either known each other, fished together, you know, kind of, yeah. you know, onesies and twosies knew each other, but having, what do we have, 12 boats this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 12 boats, 12 captains all hanging out in the same, you know, cabin together, roughing it. Yeah, you know? yeah, and <laughs> shout out to Onslow County guides, you know, we're coming in strong. Yeah. A lot of us are coming from the same area code yep. to get up there, but then, so we're living there, uh, we're cooking out at night yep. and, and having a blast, and... Right there is our boat, so we're all messing with our boats and getting them right the night before. And in that, like this sounds simple, but in that, like we're all hanging out and, and cracking jokes and, and having some cold snacks. And, you know, just we're having a good time the entire time. And then 4.30 rolls around. We're at breakfast. <laughs> and we're, we're guiding. And, and it's not a competition. No, nope. But it's well, the, at the yeah. same time, it is. Yep. You know what I mean? So, like, trying to put fish in the boat. It's like, it's like real guiding, except... It's just a little different because the people that come out every year yep. uh, have been dealt a bad hand or whatever their situation is. They are now disabled. So I love the people I, I got on a day-to-day basis. Okay. But there's something about this trip. Yep. It's just a little different for yeah, three between days. Between the stories and, like I said, these guys are coming from, you know, not that you don't all, have clients coming from all over the country. Right. But, you know, getting that guy from the Midwest who's, you know, never even seen a yeah. big body of water and putting them on a 18-inch red that pulls, like, the biggest trout he's ever caught in his uh-huh. life. Um, you know, or, or that 50, mm-hmm. you know, that may not put up the longest fight, but it's going to it's gonna pull while it's doing it. Yeah. Um, Dude, it's, it's, it's a unique event all around. Like, absolutely. From from the off-the-water stuff, from, from yep. the, you know, we, we brought a slot red and a trout and a bag full of shrimp, and we're going to eat that tonight. Yep. Yeah, a bunch of guys hanging out in the shack. Yeah. And, and then to the water experiences where – you're getting to know them. They're getting to know you, and you're dog tired. I don't know about you, but I was dog oh, tired at the end of it. Um, you played a big role. You were probably – I'm yeah. surprised you made it back to Onza County. Yeah, it because, was a dude, rough drive home, as as you know. Yeah. You, you played a giant role in the logistics of everything this year. You were yeah. captain. You were chef. <laughs> you, you were logistics manager. You were <laughs> – I think I think honestly that was kind of the big I don't want to say the big change from last year, but definitely I think something that helped was having you know the smoker there and the and the flat top and being able for these guys to not only see their first saltwater fish but you know keep it catch clean, clean it cook. it comes right back and we throw it on a flat top and they get to eat it right there on the spot. I mean that I think and then obviously you know hanging out cold snacks oh, you yeah. know talking about the day all the mishaps we had or you know <laughs> the stories we're not going to tell our friends about <laughs> we're, we're gonna get to the mishaps <laughs> trust me we're gonna make it to the mishaps here soon but um in fact i think there's one picture in particular that might have to be the thumbnail mm. um we'll get to that i promise we will <laughs> this is not a cooking podcast nope but we both happen to really enjoy cooking I don't know if listeners know that about you and I, but thoroughly enjoy being Chef Ozzy as much as I do being Captain Ozzy. Absolutely. Tell me about what you cooked on that final day when we had the banquet and everything. Oh, yeah. Dude, so, that was phenomenal. Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, so we did, uh, oh, man, what we do? We did smoke, just smoke pulled chicken, something easy, and then uh, the Calif- or the Idaho boys, I want to say the California boys, but the Idaho boys turned me on Close to, enough. <laughs> to uh, tri-tip a couple years ago. Um and uh, kind of adopted that as my my quick easy uh, smoke vice doing a whole brisket or something like that. Sure, kind of takes you know better half of a day. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We did uh, some pulled smoke pulled chicken tri tip 
some jalapeno corn, the cowboy beans. I think Tell those, me about the cowboy beans. What so, the heck are cowboy <laughs> beans? I ate them, so man, that and is, they were great. That is a recipe I got from my mom, um, and that'll feed an army. It's uh, I think nine, eight or nine different beans, a couple pounds of bacon, a couple pounds of beef, um, some other ingredients in there. But um, yeah, it'll <laughs> so it'll take feed it an to army. Your grave that, ingredients. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, that was that meal was phenomenal. That was a really really good meal. And we'd all fished like this last day, last yep. time you get to go fish with these, you know, the crew that you have. And so we fished hard, got back, set some tables up. And Dustin's just been cooking. I mean, he's got nine smokers, 11 <laughs> flat tops, four grills, and he's just, I mean, he's just doing it. He's just Chef Dustin, and it was great. Yeah, that was that was definitely a good time. I'm glad, you know, I love I love feeding people. Like, that's kind of my, you know, if I wasn't fishing, that's probably what I'd be doing as my uh, my side gig yeah. is uh, doing some catering. I've done a couple events here and there yeah. uh, for some local gyms during, you know, like Veterans Day events or whatever it uh-huh. is. Um but yeah, it's just something I love doing. That's sick, man. I I am a uh, a rookie in mm. the smoking meat world. Oh, I am too. Um, I tell you what, I got my like I liked. So I love football. Love hey, football, hand in hand. Yeah, <laughs> you wasn't exactly how, it, how that's how it started. And uh, so I like have the NFL ticket or whatever. So people want to come over and watch football. Mm. Like, well, we're going to feed them. That's a given. I got tired of ordering Dominoes and Papa John's. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. what am I going to do? I can't and, even eat out, eat out anymore, man. No, same. Like, I'm <laughs> not going to order a steak. I'd rather out. cook at home. Yep. No way. Oh, absolutely. So that's how it come about. And, and if I was watching you do your thing, I'm like, whew, I got a lot to learn. Yeah, I'm nah, good for just, a Boston butt, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't have it figured like yeah, that. Probably, dude. As, probably as much passion as you have for fly fishing is about where I am with cooking. So <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it goes hand in hand. I, I couldn't it. throw a fly to save my life, but I could probably <laughs> smoke a brisket. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. I I'm not confident enough with my smoker to spend enough. Briskets are expensive. Oh yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm looking at it right. I'm in the store. I'm like, look at that brisket. That's an expensive mistake. Yeah. That's why I view it. Like, <laughs> it can be a costly one. I'm not gonna mess a butt up. You yep. can't mess a butt up. Yeah. Really. Like I'm just now like, oh, I could do ribs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a little more expensive. No. A little harder to do. Not bad, but. A brisket, I mean, I want to do it. I want to do it bad, but, it's, man, that's yeah. an expensive cut of meat to mess up. Oh, yeah. well, actually, <laughs> so one one side note, or one rabbit hole, uh, my wife has this elaborate five-year plan to never cook again. Right? <laughs> She's got me the smoker, the Blackstone, you know, wants to set up an outdoor, you know, kitchen area or whatever. And, uh, you know, a couple little things here and there, but she's got this elaborate deal where she's just going to set me up with all the things and then never have to cook again. Um, <laughs> And she's actually spoiled, and the same same with my eleven month old. You know, he uh, he loves a reverse seared ribeye, <laughs> and that boy will not eat anything else from a restaurant or anything, and it's killing me because now I got to cook for this little man at eleven months. <laughs> yeah, at eleven months old, spoiled. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. I can't blame him after have eaten your cooking. Mm. I gotta say, I, I appreciate that. I. I, I I don't blame them. I'd, I'd buy you anything you needed to. <laughs> but um, getting getting to the mishaps, there was a few. There there was a couple. I feel like I had my share of them. Did you have any mishaps? Though? So, man, this year, I don't think we had anything too crazy. Oh, my boat. Um, when uh, it was probably 11 o'clock at night. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Old Captain Hunter Young came up and said, "Hey man, your uh, your boat's beeping at you." I was like, "Well, that's not good because yeah. uh, all the power's off." So, <laughs> walked down there. We had some uh, electrical electrical things going on. Just a you know, it's an old boat, and she's got her quirks, but we were able to get it sorted out. I think last year though, last year was definitely my biggest uh, mishap, if you will. Um, same thing. I had a guy from Texas, um, and he'd done some red fishing, so he he wasn't unfamiliar to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we were, we were just doing all the the right things at the wrong times, mm. um, and that I think goes along with me learning the Noose River and all that. We sure. were just we we're doing all the right things to catch fish, but it was just either the wrong place or not the wrong place, but the wrong time. And I'm talking by an hour. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think it was I fished a spot for an hour. And I finally pulled chalks and bailed, and someone came in right behind me and slammed a bull not five minutes, and they were parked in the same spot I was. So, yeah, 
Um, but we finally hooked a nice, nice fish. It's probably, a, probably a top slot red. Yeah. Um, it was the first fish of the, the week or the mm-hmm. event. And, um, before I could even hand the rod off, as soon as I put it in the angler's hands, that fish darted right for the trolling motor. Cause we were on spot lock oh, and I heard the drag pick up about tenfold. And I watched the rod tip go right out of his hands into the, before I could even kill the motor into the trolling motor, snapped the rod tip, broke the red off. We saw the rod, uh, the red hit the uh, trolling motor. Nice red. And he, you know, of course flew off. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That was probably one of the, the more memorable mishaps that we had. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe you had one that was, uh, I mean, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> I, uh, so last year I went flawlessly. Mm. Uh, but the, here's, here's what's unique about mm. this event. I've never ran my own boat up there. Yeah, that's true. It's a big body of water. I'm yep. at, at the moment. Um, run a 17-foot skiff. And that's... It's been some big water for a skiff. It is, man. <laughs> I used to run a bigger boat, ended up just running a 17-foot skiff. In the past two years where I've been doing this event, that's all I've had was this little skiff. And um, so last year I was, I was invited, and I was like, yeah, dude, I'll go for sure. And was lucky enough that Captain Drew Webster, who's been on this show before, um, was like, hey, man, run my boat. It's a better boat for that fishery. I'm like, heck, yeah. I ran a 24-footer, and then this year, same thing happened. I'm like, no, I'm going to be there, even if I am in my little boat, and I got another offer for a 22-footer. I was yep. like, yeah, sounds great. With that, I've been fortunate to run other people's boats up there, and boats that are really, really nice for that fishery, but I'm not at home, right? Yeah. It's like, for me, as much as time as I spend on that skiff, it's like my home. That's my garage. Oh, it's like, you know, when you buy a truck, you yep. know, you're moved into that truck. That's yep. how I am. It's so yours. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in a different boat. I'm like figuring it out and, and I can adapt pretty quick. I mean, a boat is a boat, but, uh, mishap number one, <laughs> it, it has a different trolling motor on it and it's a much larger remote than I'm used to. Hey, I'm really not used to a trolling motor remote in general. Yeah. I spend a lot of time on the push pole. So I have this trolling motor remote around my neck. And I was went to adjust it, and uh, I thought I was taking a hoodie off or something. Well, I had bibs on, and I connected it back, or I thought I did, put my bibs on, da-da-da-da. When I dropped that trolling motor remote, it was not around my neck or around what I thought it was around, and it fell into the water. So that's, that's an expensive piece of equipment. Yeah. You know, you're looking at a couple hundred dollars that just went into the drink. And we're in like eight foot of current water. Yeah. <laughs> so I hit spot lock. Uh, no, spot lock was already on rather. I was like, okay, we're going to stand still or what I thought we would stand still. And uh, I stripped down to my skivvies and jumped in because it's not my remote. It's an expensive remote. And yep. I had to find it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And it was chilly. It was like 70 degree water temp or something. And... Uh, dove around couldn't find it got back in the boat I had like four hours to fish left it's like what in the crap am i gonna do i'm freezing cold now the wind's <laughs> blowing and uh so what i did was i had these bibs that were dry uh off to everything else dried off the best i could and fished the rest of the day in my bibs um pretty funny picture emerged from this oh, and yeah. i was coming back to the dock and nothing but bibs bibs and a hat yeah, no uh, I remember pulling back up and tying up, and I was like, oh, that's weird. Ozzy's walking kind of funny. Oh, yeah. So, walking funny to say the least. Uh, word to the wise just bibs is not a good thing to spend your entire day in. Nope. You want to talk about chafing? Yep. Buddy, chafing happened. <laughs> so, I was, I waddled back to the cabin, and I was like, what in the heck am I going to do? Well, luckily, somebody knew a guy in the area with a trolling motor remote, got a new trolling motor remote, and we went to dinner. Like, oh, that was funny. How about that? And they were like, hey, let's go night fishing. Heck yeah, let's do it. Got a trolling motor remote, I'm ready to do it. And I went to go plug in the trolling motor, matter of fact, and I looked down to make sure it was good or something, and my sunglasses fell off of my hat into the water. Yep. Couldn't find them. (laughs) So this, I was like, holy crap, I need to just take a break. Yep. I need to go stop quick, doing. Take a quick pause here. Yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was definitely the man with the mishaps 
this go around. It was, yeah. I mean, everyone's got that year. Well, I had mine. Yeah. I paid my dues. Yeah. I'm excited for next year because yeah. that was tough. I was just losing stuff to the drink left and right. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think every angler, captain, whatever it is, I think everyone has one day a year where it just it just comes apart. Yeah, and it's you know, I think my mine was definitely this year offshore. Definitely lost. Oh man, by a hundred dollars in lures in a matter of twenty minutes. I just yeah. you know. Between yeah. either the fish we were in or, you know, drag's too tight or, you, I mean, you name it, it was Something. going wrong. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of fish flying off, flying off lines with nothing in the boat. Oh, yeah. Once a year, at least. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But uh, getting back to it and, and your story and how you've ended up where you're at. So, boat racing, Marine Corps bought you here. Yep. And then you fell in love with our fishery. Yep. So And, and now you're uh, owner-operator of Delmar Charters. So tell me about that progression. How'd that happen? Yeah. So I tell you what really, what really helped me out. And, um, it was a 20, 2018, I was getting back from a, a deployment and, um, you know, think the country was kind of, you know, COVID was starting to, to happen and, um, you know, thing work and teleworking and all that kind of came about and, you know, everyone was kind of in this, this pause of trying to figure out how to handle, uh, the, the cards we were dealt as a, you know, as a country, basically, or as a world, really. Um, and at that point in time, uh, I actually had to be driving down or past a marina in um, Sneed's Fair. I was actually fishing with my buddy on kayaks and um, saw this, this 19-foot nautic star sitting in the corner of a power marine down in Sneed's Ferry. And I was like, you know what? I haven't had a boat in a while. You know, last boat I had was... Uh, river boat down in Florida, and then before that, a little 13-foot whaler, which I still kick myself for getting rid of. <laughs> Beautiful little 60s whaler. Um, and I uh, saw the boat sitting there. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, you know, paddling's fun. Kayak fishing's fun. But, man, do I miss having a motor. <laughs> so, you know, went home, talked to the wife, and started doing some exploring, and then finally I just said, you know what? Let's just do it. And pulled the trigger on a little bay boat and, um, I wasn't working, so I might as well be fishing. And uh, I think that year I put about 400 hours on the outboard. Um, that's, you know, not including trolling motor time. And I fished New River top to bottom probably, oh, man, I was fishing probably four days a week. Heck yes. uh, and it was great. And I learned, I mean, I went, f- and I wanted, um, I'm obviously still a novice compared to some, <laughs> um, you know, that have really got this place figured out. But just in that, you know, eight months of, I mean, fishing hardcore and really trying to understand what these fish were doing and not just, you know, anchoring up in the same spot and understanding that fish move, Yeah, you know, because we'll say what's different from here than in Florida, you know, down in Florida, we have resident fish, you know, we have resident sailfish. They don't migrate. They're, mm-hmm. they're there. Um, that's why it's, you know, deemed the selfish capital of the world. Guatemala would probably say something different, but, <laughs> um, you know, having resident fish versus migratory fish and then coming up here and understanding that and then trying to learn what at the time I thought was a big river, the new river, you know, trying to just figure that out on my own because I didn't, I didn't know anybody that fished. You know, I had my one buddy who he'd go sit up right off of new river air station, the same spot, Uh you know, 360 days a year. Uh, And that's all I ever did, you know, trying to really fish and understand the river and, you know, the patterns throughout the seasons was, was huge for me yeah. and that development. And then, you know, kind of like, I don't want to say the common courtesies, but, you know, not just saying, Hey, this is, you know, I'm a captain here and that's what I'm going to do. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, meeting the right people, you know, paying the respects that you should to the yep. locals, you know, mm-hmm. not just, you know, you see it all the time down in the Keys. Some, you know, young gun comes mm-hmm. down in there to the, the tarpon scene is cutting boats off that are in line waiting to, you know, get the chance to throw at one. And, you know, it's just, it's never good to create bad blood off the rip. Yeah. So, you know, putting my time in and meeting the right people and being respectful of the right people. And, you know, I don't want to say getting their blessing, but I definitely got the blessing from some people that kind of pushed me in the right, sure. you know, pushed me in the direction to yeah. um, go out and get my license and kind of start doing it. And, um, yeah, I mean, after, after a couple of years of doing that and then, I think it was oh man I'm trying to think who was the first person who was really like hey man you should probably you know look into getting you know start doing this um 
but regardless, you know, after I got that kind of first push, I was like, you know what? Like, I love doing this. I love, you know, seeing the smiles. Like, oh, yeah. I love, you know, putting someone on their first yep. first fish, their first PB, whatever it may be. And we've had – I've been fortunate to put a lot of people on their PBs, you know, and I almost say it's by luck, maybe mm-hmm. not talent. But, um, you know, seeing the, the, the loss of breath or the, you know, the panic breathing oh, yeah. of like, oh, my God, this is happening. Yeah. Um, it's definitely – definitely what I'm in it for. Yeah. You know, the people that I, or I want to tell the clientele that I, I really target are the ones I really care about is, you know, families and first time anglers and kids and, you know, getting kids involved in the outdoors and doing that whole thing. That's, yeah. that's my, I want to say my cup of tea, but that's what I prefer advice. The hardcore. Yeah. Know, right. Right. Don't get me wrong. I'll go, you know, I'll go after it, but, um, you know, that's definitely my, my bread and butter. Yeah. That's sick, man. That's, and that, I mean, I'm with you. I think every guy, no matter oh, what absolutely. their cup of tea is, has to agree with that a little bit. Yeah. And that's what that's why we guide. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter. I mean, the whole PB new thing, like first fish, whatever. It, it there's something in common with everyone. Oh, absolutely. Say you take a fly angler for the hundredth time. Yeah. And he lands his PB, whatever fish, or gets that you know picture perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that is there's something in common. With that and a 10-year-old first fish. Yep. Like, there is something we're chasing still right now that we picked up at 10, 8, whatever yep. it was. Um, and now, a little different, is we're sharing it with other people. Yeah. And I know people who aren't gods. And we're like, yeah, God ain't for me. I got, oh, yeah. I, uh, I've got, but I've got they one do of those this, buddies, and he kills it. Yeah. But he just, he's like, oh, it's not for me, man. Yeah. And they do, well, my father-in-law is the same person. You know, like he takes all his family from around the world out. Um, took me out when I was dating his daughter. Yep. And he played God, more or less. And, oh, yeah. and he was phenomenal at it. Yep. And then as God now, um, I'm like, have you ever thought about it? Obviously, I didn't suggest it. You yeah. know, like, yeah. we got plenty of those. Yeah. No, I'm not saying be one. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, have you ever thought about it? He was like, man, sure. Like, I've thought about it before, but I, yeah. not, I mean, what, it was I, a, not what I want to do. Kind of the same experience for me is, like, my first tarpon, you know, down down south. Um, you know, or seeing one off the beach here for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't even know they came up here. But, right. seeing you know, seeing them off the pier, off you know, rolling in the, the breakers uh, off the beach was insane to me. Um, but I still remember one of my, my buddies who taught me a good bit about inshore fishing, um, down South, you know, he put me on my, my PB snook. He put me on my first tarpon and the same thing. He has no intentions of being a God, talented fisherman. Um, and you know, him seeing, or me seeing my own reaction to like my first tarpon or jumping off my first tarpon, whatever it was, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things that what you were just talking about kind of sealed the deal of like, all right, yep, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I get it, man. And I, I can remember the exact fish, the exact day. It was January 1st, and I, I it was a topwater blow-up for me from a speckled trout. And I was like, yep, I'm going to do this forever. This yep. is this is what I'm going to do. Um, hindsight 2020, I didn't know like it was going to be my career. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I was like, Yep, this is gonna be a part of my life. I don't know how it's gonna fit into my life, but it's gonna well, be a part yeah. of my life. Well that's I mean, I think that's the most important thing. As long as you got passion for what you're doing. Yeah. And the sec and the same thing I told myself my career, you know, my military career and, and anything, the, the second that I don't get excited or lose that drive for it, like it's time to walk away from it. Yeah, for you know? sure. And that's you know, military is one thing. When you stop getting excited or stop getting passionate about it, it's probably time safer, you know, yeah. to walk away. Right, right. Um, but I feel the same thing with fishing because you never want to put a, a bad taste in someone's mouth. You mm-hmm. know, you never want to have that that angry captain or the you know the, plenty of them to go around. Yep, yep. You know, we don't the, need another. Yep. yep. Yep, I agree. And I'm sure boat racing's the same way. Oh yeah, there's you know, and uh, something my dad. You know, my dad always said, and he still says it to this day, and he's 70, you know, he's been doing it. He just got nominated for the uh, Motorsports Hall of Fame, and he still, to this day, beats himself up all the time when there's, I mean, the slightest mistake. And he's like, I'm my own worst critic. And that's the same, kind of the same thing I look at efficient. Like, I'm my own critic, and the minute that I stop doing that, yeah. it's probably the, all right, yep, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got <laughs> stunk, but you know, that happens. for fun, but. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's right on. Well, you're so Delmar Charters. Yep. Boat racing. Boat yep. racing champion. Yep. Well, 
One time. Well, I yeah. So I'm gonna one, call, one I'm, region, one national. I'm going to call you a champion. Okay. <laughs> Delmore Charters, owner-operator, boat champion. What's, what is what is the future hold? What's next? Oh, man. So I just uh, just hit my halfway point uh, in my career. So kind of thinking about sticking around for a while. Yeah. Um, I wish I could do all 20 <laughs> in North Carolina. Um, but I think Uncle Sam's going to have a different opinion on that. Yeah. Um, but – I think after probably after the military, it's going to be my, you know, as long as I still have the passion, it's probably going to be my, my gig. Um, you know, something to get that, I don't want to say adrenaline rush isn't quite the right thing, but you know, just that sense of doing something that matters. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what everyone looks for in a sense, but I think definitely, you know, doing what we were just talking about, yeah, you know, making other people's, you know, whatever, whatever that desire is, you know, first time or, PB, mm-hmm. whatever, you mm-hmm. know, make it happen. That's definitely something that I want to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You think when settling back down in North Carolina? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. Like life. I said, man, it's, you know, I've only been, I'd say, you know, fishing, fishing here for probably the last five years, six years maybe. Um, yeah, I've been here for 10 now, but uh, I'd say really fishing for five or six is definitely – I, I personally think it's the fishing here is better than Florida. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I definitely fell in love with the, the fishery here and the, you know, the, just the, the people, the environment, the, just everything here yeah. is just awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not a sales pitch for you know, <laughs> people moving to North Carolina, but it's, it's an awesome place. Just visit it. Just, yeah, just yeah, come just check visit. it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to your point about, you know, doing something that matters, I recently on another podcast, matter of fact, um, I heard somebody word it this way. Man, I'm going to blank on his name too. It was Hunter Levine interviewing him, but I, I forgot who said it. It was his guest. But anyways, uh, go check out Hunter Levine's podcast if if you want to fact check me. But um, it he said he was like we're all chasing freedom. I'm going to mess this up. This is paraphrasing, but we're all chasing freedom to some extent, mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form. You want financial freedom. You yep. want freedom from your employer. You want freedom from something. You just don't stop chasing that freedom in some way, shape, or form. Yep. Freedom sometimes comes from the service that you do, right? So, uh, like you're saying, like doing something that counts. Yeah. There's there's some kind of freedom that comes with that. Or, or you know, there, there's a million directions you could go oh, yeah. with this, right? So, I agree or disagree the pride parades, I mean, it's a freedom search. Yeah. It is, and that's what it is. Um, so that is what we, as people, are doing, is is getting way more philosophical than I meant to. <laughs> but we are, we're searching for freedom in some way, shape, form, or capacity. And I think an angler or an outdoorsman or a sportsman of any sort is one step closer than the rest of you know, oh, absolutely. Humanity. Yeah. So, because we know. like, well, that's, I mean, saltwater therapy is a real thing. It is, man. Yeah. Like, we, we, we see the water when the sun comes up. We're in a deer yep. stand when, when, when the sun comes up. Like, we understand freedom more so than probably most. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that guiding has had such a a boom, you know? Like, there's a lot oh, of people who want to guide. Yeah. Like, that is that is freedom. Yeah, I mean, we're not in it for the money. That's for sure. Oh man, that's a <laughs> that's a different show for. A different day. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, try to go get some non-ethanol gas. Yeah, and then tell me you want to be. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna write a book one day. Or even an oil change. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hundred hour service. Oh, service man. a, a four stroke from the last ten years. Um, no, but I'm gonna write a book one day. Dude, I'm telling you, it's like so. You want to be a god? Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh. Check out this spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, but um, now I, I agree. I agree about our fishery. It's a great place to call home. It's the only place I know. So, of course, I'm biased to that. Um, and then, and two, like the variety. Oh, yeah. The one thing we was going to hit on earlier and we kind of we scraped over is what, what makes North Carolina unique. Um, we talked about you can change fisheries. Yep within 20 minutes of a boat ramp. But another thing is, dude, we have northern fish and southern fish. Yep. We just, we had dinner or, the, yeah. or lunch or whatever we had yep. the other day after the Wilmington boat show, um, and we talked about this. So we have striper, northern fish. Yep. 
<laughs> there's tarpon that swim here, yep. southern fish. We're, we are the melting pot. We I are. Mean, we, literally, we literally are. <laughs> we don't have anything north or south of us don't have. Yeah, and I'm get, saying, like, within 10 hours. You know what I mean? I'm not going, yeah. like, obviously, upper New York is not going to be the same fishery that we yeah. are. I'm not but, I mean, we still get the big bluefin tuna. We get the, you know, the tarpon. We get, I mean, billfish. We get it all. Tog. You know? Yep. Yeah, we get yeah, the tog. Yeah, that's, that's the sleeper. Yeah, the old sleeper tog. Um, I saw a snook caught off the south end of Topsail Island. Yep. But that's a southern fish. A little lost, but, A little know. lost. Like, I'm not saying we have a snook fishery by any yep. means, but... That's a thing. And then uh, redfish, we have the migratory, um, obviously spawning grounds for redfish. And we also have the migratory push of trout. Yep. We have big bluefish, massive, which is a northern. bluefish. That's a northern thing. Yep. Um, there's people south of us that get it, but like. Not in the volume. No. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we are a melting pot. There's not many fish that an, an East Coast angler is after that we don't have. Yeah. I joke around. I say, like, redfish pays my bills. Like, obviously, that's our go-to. I mean, that's our reliable fish. That's what we target yeah. most of the time. Redfish kings in Spanish. You ask most of the guides around here, like, what fish pays your bills? It's going to be one of those. Yep. But we have a phenomenal trout fishery. We have a phenomenal um, tog fishery. King, you know, yeah. we, we're just... Phenomenal redfishing. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. Um it, conventional fly, you name it, it can be really, really good. So, I think the the variety, you know, and we have so many sleeper fish, yeah, so many sleeper fish. Um, I've never heard a black drum podcast about North Carolina. We have a phenomenal black drum fishery. Yep. I say there's only you know a handful of places that I know that have phenomenal black drum. We yeah. big, big boys. Um, yeah. And I had no idea up until a couple of years ago that, you know, they existed here. And oh, yeah. Until I hooked up to one, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. This happens. Yep. <laughs> um, sheep's head. Ladyfish. Yep. I'm a big ladyfish advocate. Yep. Top, hey, nothing beats a topwater ladyfish. Buddy. Yeah. I mean, we, we just have a ton of sleeper fish that, you know, as a guide, it fills my day. You know, it fills yep. my day in between... The sport fish were I think after. you were talking about a couple weeks ago, you know, don't sleep on a bus in school of Spanish in the, you know, in the crossroads. <laughs> Buddy, no, sir. I just did that not two days ago. Yeah. Saturday. Saturday, man, I was, um, no, i tell you what happened. We were, we were running around and we were in the inlet and we, we were coming out of the inlet and uh, there was a, a big boat. Like, I, when I say 22, it sounds small, but it was like a big 22, like a deep V22. And he was dead. Well, on an outgoing tide, mm. you're not going to pass him, right? You're like, yep. hey, man, what's he flagged us down there. What's up? So I pulled him, uh, got him to where he could anchor down somewhere else and not in, like, a, a bad area where you can't hardly catch yeah. anchor in that current. And um, uh, I let, I'm like, all right, man, you good? Blah, 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 blah. Left. Looked over, and the Spanish busted just Everywhere. 50 yards away. Yep. I'm like, holy crap. We're going to catch a manage. So I went to go run over there, and I'm doing, I don't know, 25. And I'm not kidding you, dude. Like a two-and-a-half-pound Spanish jumps in the boat. <laughs> and I immediately come off plane, and I'm, like, chasing him, like, hands in front of my body, trying to fall on this fish, yep. and he gets out. Yep. You got to be careful about those, man. And I know. They're toothy I, critter. I got, I got a little rabbit hole for you. Um, that is happened down south, but, you know, people – People talk about, and we're about to get off subject here for a minute, but, you know, people talk about having somebody in the boat that can either help you out or run the boat, you know, an emergency, or at least talking to a client and being like, hey, man, you know, in case this happens, because that's the first thing I do on the boat. You know, yeah. it's, hey, man, this is all safety equipment. This is where it is. If anything happens, this is the radio. This is who you call. Here's a cell phone number to call in case something really bad happens, um, you know, et cetera. And down south, a uh, spotted eagle ray. Came out of the water, knocked the captain out cold. They were on a, a red fisher, a huge red fisher, going out of the inlet. Uh, it was a calm day, going out. Spotted you, where comes flying out of the water, just right in the noggin, out cold. <laughs> His, I think he, the kid was 12. 12 year old drives the boat back to the landing uh, and gets his dad back home. Uh, good, actually, it's one of the guys who I just had up here fishing with me. Um, but yeah, knocked him out cold. To, uh, his son took him back to the ramp. Oh my god! Talk about things flying out of the water and catching you in the wrong spot. Man, <laughs> that's crazy. 
I actually ended up, I tried to put my hands on this fish, and uh, he ended up making it off, but, um, yeah. It's always a good day when they jump in the boat. <laughs> There's, there, I have a little funny thing. It's like, we'll be leaving the ramp at certain times of the year. There's so much shrimp. Oh, yeah. The shrimp yep. jumps in the boat. Yep. And, like, I joke around that every ha- that time. That happened to me uh, about a month ago. <laughs> and you have a high gun on. Yep. I do not. Yeah. I'm like, yep, gonna be a good day, you know. I joke, and it, it it is every time. I make the same joke every time, and typically is a is a pretty good day. Yeah, we're uh, I can't remember what creek it was, but we were pulling out of, and you know, I was barely at idle, coming off probably three foot of water, and in my wash, I mean, it was just hundreds of shrimp flying in the like jumping out of the water in the wash, and the guy was like, "Is that shrimp?" I was like, "Yeah, man, it sure is. You want to fish right here?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, absolutely." And we tore them up. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. You know, probably about a baker's dozen in the boat, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a lot easier when you don't have to throw the net. They just, you know, jump in the boat for you. I don't mind bait fishing. Yeah. There's times I even enjoy bait fishing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Screw a cast net. Yeah. I don't enjoy throwing a cast <laughs> net. I really don't. Like, that's probably the um, least captain thing i've ever said like a, <laughs> a fishing a captain should be able to throw a cast net well and probably enjoy it i don't like it i that's don't throw a big one one and done that's it that's all i want only want to throw it once i the way i describe it is like especially i don't like to catch bait with the anglers i'm fishing with that day mm-hmm. but sometimes i have to yep. it, it was thunderstorming until eight o'clock we have to go catch bait together whatever and um I'm telling, like, oh, there's bait, oh, there's bait, oh, there's bait. I'm like, look, dudes, it's like duck hunting. I'm not shooting at that single. Yeah. Because there's oh, yeah. a group I'm of wait, 20. I'm waiting for the right shot. There's a group of 20 yep. right behind it. And that's how I do it. Like, I'm, I'm like, all right, one, two, three, maybe even 10. If I see a group of 30 coming down the bank, I'm going to throw this cast net one time. Yep. I'm Absolutely. throwing a nine or 10 foot yep. cast net, and I'm throwing it once. Yep. I threw a four footer for so long. I did. And I was like, man, this thing's easy to throw. It's always a pancake. That's what I'm going to do. A little nugget here. Your, did you tell me this? Was this a tip from you? I don't know. But your diameter of your net, so if you throw a four foot cast net, it's good for four feet. Yeah. Was that you? Uh, I don't think that was me, but yeah, oh. was true so statements. Whoever dropped that bit of knowledge on me, I was like, holy crap. Because you know how frustrated I've been before? Oh, yeah. And I was like, in six foot. I'm like, oh, there's the Menhaden. Dropped my four footer. I'm like, what the heck just happened? Yep. And I might get two. And I knew it was a good 100, 200 fish there or bait, whatever. Um, so I moved up to like a nine, 10 foot net. And it's you. It's harder to throw. Sure. Oh, yeah. You get good at whatever you're going to throw, though. Another thing is you don't have to reload it. Like I, re- I was reloading that four footer constantly. Yeah. I throw 10, and 15 times, 20 and, times. Yeah. yeah. I might reload four times yep. with my nine-footer. I mean, you find that one good pogey school, and, you know, Done. it's problem with that is then you're <laughs> pogey slime the boat, and, oh, my God, now yeah. it's a mess. Yeah, and, you, know. you almost get too many sometimes. Oh, yeah. I would I would honestly prefer, like, on a big school of pogies. Well, you can't keep them alive. That's, you that's know, the that's thing. The new, we don't want to waste, you know, there's no reason to waste bait. No. So, you know, What's you, the ratio? There's a ratio for pogies. Um, oh, as far as gallons to water? Mm-hmm. I forgot oh, what it was. Oh, man. Dude, it's um, like... Yeah, my my front Three quarters, well, almost. my front well is probably fifteen, and my back's about twenty five. And in the front well, I might put thirty, yeah, you know, thirty forty, which is probably a little under what it could handle. But yeah. you know, I just there's nothing worse than opening a live well lid and half your pogies are gone, and now it's you know you've you've Waste, killed you know yeah. you've wasted bait essentially. Yeah, there is a ratio for each bait fish, and I don't know who posted it or, or where it's posted, but like pogies. Demand the most amount of water per Correct. bait. Yep. So, like, yeah, figure them all. You could leave them in there all night with no, <laughs> no oxygen. And long as it's not August, yep, they'll like, be swimming. This garage we're sitting in right now, I stunk the whole thing up. I'm like, oh, oh it's man. like, I was like, oh, it's 15, it. <laughs> 15 finger mullet. I have a pretty large live well. I'm good. Come out the next morning, the whole freaking garage stunk. Yep. I'm like, oh no. Or you get one in the tube. Oh, that, that's the worst. Doesn't come out. That's the worst. <laughs> Shrimp are pretty, pretty. I mean, yeah. they need salt There's water. Right. Oxygen. Yeah. Their, you know. But I mean, all in all, yeah. overnight they're fine. Get they don't that need bait pen going. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. Uh, but pogies suck. Pogies yep. take. Oh, man, I wish I, I mean, like, is it half a gallon per bait or? 
It's size uh, dependent, yeah, obviously. If you get some of those big pogies, you know, those six, seven inch pogies, and yeah, but those half little, a gallon, those little yeah. chummies, yeah, which are phenomenal offshore. Yeah, you get a labo full of chummies, and you're gonna have a great day no matter what. Yeah, but, um, yeah, the bigger pogies, you know, maybe put a dozen, a dozen, and you know, ten gallons, and you'd probably be all right. Yeah, yeah, if you want them healthy and swimming hard. Yeah, yeah, which is important. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but uh. Man, we've covered everything from boat racing to bait selection to mm. how much water bait takes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm bad about getting into the nitty gritty. Like, I like it. I like analytics, and so you better watch me. You got to keep me back on track. Oh yeah. Like, I want. They need three point four seven <laughs> gallons of water. <laughs> I like, mean, once you get into some of these, you know, I don't want to say our our fishery, but certain types of fishing, you know, just as you being a fly guy, like. There's definitely an art and a science to all of it, you know. Yeah. This, you know, this amount of inches, fluoro versus mono versus oh, yeah. braid, you know, all those things. It is definitely a science behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. There is, and we would have to take another hour and a half to. Oh yeah. To cover yeah. just one topic of that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, dude, I have really appreciated you coming out, and I've I've really enjoyed talking with you. Um. Shameless plug, where can people find you if they want to fish with you? Yeah, so uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, website, Delmar Charter Fishing. Um, we're on all the big social media platforms. So, yeah, look me up. All right. Well, buddy, I have enjoyed it. We're going to get off of here, and I'm looking forward to next time. Yes, sir. Thank you very much.